Hello, and thank you for listening to the Tech Girls Podcast. This is Trisha Walsh, your Tech Girls Podcast host. On this podcast, we will explore women and girls in technology. We'll hear their stories, dreams, challenges, and triumphs. Hello, everyone. This is Trisha Walsh, your Tech Girls Podcast host. Today's podcast is in a little different format than we've done before. We wanted to just take some time to reflect on our first year of this adventure on the Tech Girls podcast. We started the year off with our Indiegogo campaign that brought in enough cash for us to get the equipment we needed, get a logo designed, our website built, and to commission our very own music. That cash is also supporting the monthly fees to host both the podcast and the website. We're so grateful to those of you that made a contribution to help us get started. If you remember, our first episode was with four delightfully smart summer college interns that made us laugh and got us to think seriously about the impact of the Google memo and the misogyny therein. Someone feels comfortable writing um, and hearing sort of the response that there's a lot of people who feel that way. And and when you just kind of wonder what experiences in their life led them to believe that that's fact but it's it's I mean I think that's kind of why you want more women to go into these fields um, and you need more women to go into roles of leadership at some at major companies because if you ha- make it more welcoming if you have more women there then then maybe the tide will change and people will start to see people differently um, and their own um, ideas of what women are like change I mean maybe not very quickly but they're sort of having to confront their own ideas other reactions I guess it always catches me off guard I'm I know that people are bigots are racist are sexist but it will always catch me off guard to hear it from someone or to read it exactly from someone um, because you know that those opinions exist all the time so not surprised not surprised not shocked especially in the field that we're all in, you know, I'm the only woman on my team being here. And so it's, it's nothing that I, it's stuff that I know that that exists, but bouncing off of what Jennifer said, right. For someone to feel comfortable enough to think this is something that I should tell my entire company about, (laughs) you would think probably not. (laughs) You probably wouldn't think I wouldn't, I would never think to do that. You know, I think that's something that you share in your individual circles but it's, it's been kind of an interesting thing, I think, looking at the entire year in terms of people feel really comfortable putting things online out there and they feel like it's totally justified, it's okay. Um, I feel like now we all, free speech is thrown around all the time. And I was listening to something on NPR and they were talking about free speech and then someone was talking about unfree speech. You're not allowed to say things like that. That's unfree speech. And so... It's just, we need more women here. We need more minorities in this space. I mean, all of these, the tides start to change. I know we had one talk with a a VP and and she was basically saying, you know, the conversation starts, if one woman comes in, then that woman teaches her son that a woman can do anything. And that woman teaches her daughter that the woman can do anything. And that's how you start. And, you know, and that woman can also tell her dad. Um, and grandfather, and you know, and that's how that change kind of moves through. Our second episode was with the thoughtful and mindful CTO Rathi Murthy, who has explored mindfulness in all aspects of her life. She brings that to her career. So, in my free time, so weekends, I spend time uh, 
teaching uh, yoga and meditation in our mm-hmm. community. So I am an art of living teacher. The whole vision is to build a stress-free, violence-free society. And I think today, in today's world, that's the biggest need of the hour. The more I see all of the shooting in Las Vegas and around us, I think it's really important to teach people, give them tools to help them deal with the stress and pressures of life without resorting to violence. Our third episode brought CTO Sandy Maynard with her personal story of pursuing an education and the community that supported her to get a bachelor's degree that launched her career. I was at that point a single mother of two boys, very young. I was working in a high school for high school teachers. The high school teachers in that school decided it was important for me to get a degree because my family, my my immediate family and my extended family, very few of them had ever gone for a degree. I didn't know the importance. And those teachers said, no, we think you need to pursue your degree. They paid for my tuition. They paid for my books. And those were really important. And it makes me very emotional to remember that. But more important than anything, a few of them spent time encouraging me on, you can do this. These are the steps that you need to take. Little by little, just do one step at a time to pursue this this uh, educational degree. And so if not for those nine teachers, my life would look so different. Our fourth episode with writer Sarah McSorley highlighted for us the importance of representation of what we look like in the fields of STEM. Her original coloring book, Super Cool Scientists, and follow-up, Super Cool Scientist Number 2, are bringing the real faces and stories of women in STEM today. And at the time, when I googled women in science coloring book, nothing came up. And we all know how rare that is to try to Google something and have no no answers. So uh, that was kind of when it clicked, you know, maybe this is my project. You know, it would bring more science back to me. It would sort of be bringing a tool um, to other people to get exposure to different science careers and what they look like, and also a way to kind of really bring representation to the forefront of um, what women in science actually look like and do with their day-to-day, not just in their work, but outside of work as well. Our fifth episode was from the Lesbians Who Tech Summit 2018 in San Francisco. We are still grateful to the whole Lesbians Who Tech squad for the press pass that allowed us to be on open mic at the event. All right, so here we are We're doing another general interview from the floor. We are talking with Tonda Case. We're also talking with Caroline Vu. All right, ladies, woo! Lesbians Who Tech in San Francisco, Summit 2018. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much. So what I'd like to ask is, so what are you doing here? What are you hoping to get out of the Lesbians Who Tech Summit? So I'm here primarily to take a look at and talk to people who are actually doing the work. Um, I work on the periphery of tech, and I want to have a more tech role, uh, you know, a more established tech role. And I'm not quite sure what direction to go in. And a lot of the training courses, they really focus on either young people um, or people who have a sense of where they want to be. I don't have that. And so I came to engage with these badass women in tech to get a sense of where I want to be. And that is Tonda's voice. Uh, pretty similar to Tonda, I uh, I came to see what's out there, you know, to see what women in our community are doing in the tech field. I've only started coding about a, about a year now, 
and you know I want to see what direction I can take with it, what things I could do with it, and um, you know the possibilities that are out there. Our sixth episode gave us Katie Sullivan, SVP, who has seen the tech company she's at grow from $3 million in revenue to nearly a billion in 2018. The truth is, um, I enjoyed working here. I could see that there was growth happening on the front lines, um, and I was really ambitious, uh, and I really wanted to do well, and I really wanted to just contribute more and take on whatever responsibility was going to help you know, fit the need of the company as it grew. Yeah, I think the the second thing that was was true is there did come a tipping point when I realized how much Yelp was becoming part of the zeitgeist. Uh, it was probably wasn't until 2011 or 2012. During that time period, you know, when, when it did tip and I did sort of realize just how influential this company was becoming, I was really excited about that. I, it, it bred a very large sense of pride in what I had already worked really hard to build and a very large sense of um, excitement over what was yet to come. I just did new hire training here at Yelp yesterday. And when I was talking to the new hires, I said to them, you know, make no mistake about it. When you look at brands like Disney and BMW and Apple, brands that have been around for 50, 100 years, who have done really influential things across, you know, American and international cultures, we want to be a brand just like that. And I feel that deep down in my bones. And I think that because I was a part of growing the company from the bottom up, um, that feeling is really visceral for me and it continues to be true. What we have in store for 2019 is to bring more stories of women in tech today, conversations about the challenges we face and the courage and tenacity to overcome them so we can all succeed on our journey together. Won't you join us? The music you are enjoying right now is composed by Susan Davis Warren and recorded by Matt Sebaslian for the Tech Girls podcast. Podcast.